praise God. Thank you so much for, for allowing me to come and be a part of this. Uh, you know what? I didn't know what admonish meant. And I started reading and studying and, and looking at it and going, wow, I thought it meant something completely different. And you may kind of be in the same boat. And as I talk about it today, you're going to go, oh, okay, yeah, you know. And um, let's just pray and, and so I can get focused and get my mind right and see what God wants to do. I, I, I've just had a, a whirlwind of thoughts this morning as uh, the, the people came up and they were talking about what uh, God was speaking to them. And, man, it's just amazing. So, Father, we love you. We thank you so much, God, for what you're doing in the hearts of your people, Lord. I'm so grateful, God, that you're, you're just practical, you're real, you're genuine, you're sincere, God, that you love us so much. And, Lord, we're so grateful. Lord, that's the thing that I just kept feeling in my spirit as worship was going on, how grateful. How grateful we are, God, for our families, for our children, for our homes, for our church, for our purpose, God, for your protection, your provision, your presence, your love, God. We're just so grateful, God, and we thank you so much for this opportunity to gather together, God, and love on you, and you love us back. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, as we were worshiping, the different people were coming up and, and talking about what God was speaking to them. First John uh, 4.17 popped into my head, and the Bible's really clear, and it says something interesting. It says that, um, that just as Jesus is, so are we uh, in, uh, in this world. It actually talks about on the day of judgment, uh, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. And it's interesting because if we're like Jesus, then just like the young man was talking about, that we're not worth less, but we're worthy. Uh, and think about this. If we're like Jesus in the spirit realm, when the Father looks down at us and he sees us and he sees righteousness, then if we're like Jesus, then we should be full of love, full of joy, full of the things that Jesus is full of. You know, Jesus is not struggling with his thought life. Uh, and sometimes I, I struggle. <laughs> and sometimes uh, I have different things that I have to, to make myself feel differently about. And even, you know, I, mean, I don't know about you guys, but my wife makes me take the trash out. I'm not happy about that sometimes. So I get my kids to do it instead. <laughs> but uh, not really. But it's true. You know, sometimes I go, well, that's not convenient for me. I'm watching the Cowboys or, or something, you know. And, uh, I mean, I've got really, really important things to do. And, but there are things that my wife expects of me as a husband, and things happen. And, uh, and sometimes I have to remind myself, you know, as Jesus is, so am I. As Jesus' love, as his self-sacrifice, as his uh, desire to please others, so am I. And, uh, and, and sometimes I have to just stop and make myself, you know, get into and, and, you know, the exciting thing is Jesus is not in debt. <laughs> so am I. You know, <laughs> or so I am not. Or, you know, I, but in this life, <laughs> in this world, I am right now, but I'm not going to be for very much longer. I'm praying, I'm believing, I'm trusting God's blessing, and I'm being faithful with my finances. I'm doing what he said, and, and, uh, and I believe that increased multiplication and, 
and uh, everything that God has for me is coming as long as I do what he says. I love the Word of God because the Word of God teaches me that if I'll do this, then I get this. You know what? And on the other hand, too, if you live a negative life, when you do this, the Word of God teaches you get this, you know? And so I encourage us as we walk this path of life, God has specific strategies for us to live a blessed, productive, increasing, multiplying life if we'll just discipline our, our, our flesh, get rid of our flesh, and do what God asks us to do. It's, it's simple. This is not difficult. Even the Word of God tells us that His commands are not burdensome. You know, I don't know about y'all, but you hear this all the time, or what I used to you know, witness out at the fair all the time. People go, oh, it's just so hard. No, it's not. What life do you want to live? <laughs> you want to live a blessed, awesome, amazing life? Or do you want to live a struggling, uh, trying to make ends meet, difficult life? You know? Because when we do what he says to do, then we get what he says we'll get. But when we decide to live life on our terms, then, uh, and, and we think we're smarter than him, then we get uh, what, what <laughs> the, the end result of these amazing, smart decisions we make, you know? You know? And it's really kind of sad that we're not smarter than that. <laughs> but I do it all the time, you know, and uh, as I get closer to those speakers, I know I'm humming back there. Are y'all okay? Okay? All right, good deal. Y'all are just kind. Y'all just love me. You know, the visitors back there going, yeah, it's bothering the heck out of me. <laughs> not really. Uh so anyway, okay, so let's, as Jesus is, so am I. That's what God's speaking to me today, okay? Hopefully that means something to someone here. But let's admonish one another. I love going to the Word of God. And, you know, the Word of God should be a, a thing that we, it, we, the Bible says that we labor in the Word. It, it actually has a connotation of mining the Word. It's, it's, it's work, you know, and if we would labor in it, work in it, mine it, you know, if, if you're digging out coal, you're digging for diamonds, you're digging, digging, you're digging for, you're mining the word of God, and as it comes into you, then it means something to you, and as it, it means something to you, then it changes your life, you know, if you read the word and, and you kind of go, oh, that's, no, well, that doesn't really, I don't understand, that doesn't mean anything, oftentimes it has a difficult, uh, it, it does not, and of course, we know the word of God will not return void, but it will accomplish that which you sent it to accomplish, and it will prosper in the thing which you sent it to, sent it for, all right? It's going to prosper in your own life, okay? It will prosper, and when you find something that you, you cherish, you love, it's precious to you, it'll change your life for, for the meaning that God wants it to be changed for. So today, admonish, you go, wow, admonish, do I really want to listen to a message on admonishing, you know? Well, when we look at it, we go, wow, okay, there's some promises here that God's going to bless your life if we will learn something simple about this word admonish, okay? And uh, I, need to, I, I need to get some glasses or something. I don't know. I, you know. Christy was saying, well, there's the clock back there. I don't know, what? There's a clock back there, you know, or it's on the screen. I have to use my watch. So if you look at my watch, I mean, if you, if you, if you see me look at my watch, you'll know why I'm time sensitive. I've always been that way, and that's just me. But I want to. I want to get the. the I want to beat the uh, Methodist to Luby's. You know what I mean. So. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, <clears throat> Romans fifteen fourteen. It's very simple. It says this. And I myself also am persuaded of you. 
my brethren. And we're all, you know, if you have Jesus in your life, you know, we're, we're brothers and sisters in here. We all share the same blood, right? Blood of Jesus. They, you are also, you are full of goodness. And I know people in here are full of goodness. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's, a, it's God's goodness that gets us to, you know, we're walking this way. We're walking in the world. We think we're smart. But it's God, we see God's goodness. It comes into our life. We go, oh, wow, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to do more of what God wants me to do. That's, that's the goodness of God that causes a person to change their life. Just like the, the man was speaking up here earlier, you know, uh, God pouring out goodness into his life made him come up here and, and share his heart with us because he's so in love with God and so grateful for what God's doing. It, it's not even a, it does, we don't even think about going back this way. That's what repentance is. That's what love is. That's what God is telling us. It's his goodness that is amazing and spectacular. Filled, uh, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. We're, we, uh, it, we're full of goodness, we're full of knowledge, and we're also able to admonish one another. I don't know about y'all, but I read that for the first, or read it again, and I said, I gotta figure out what this word actually really, really means, okay? Let me tell you a quick story. There's a young man my son is 14 years old, and he's playing eighth-grade football, and he has a really good friend that play, is playing ninth-grade football. Last year, this good friend, he played quite a bit. Uh, uh, he played, uh, played weak safety, and he played a little bit at wide receiver at, for Nederland. That's where I'm from. And, um, or I'm from Little Cypress originally, but I live in Nederland the last 19 years. And so, um, and our church is in Port Natchez. It's interesting. Uh, and we got need on important nature people coming together. It's kind of interesting, you know. <laughs> Only God can do that, right? <laughs> God's peace. And so, uh, uh, so what happened? This young man, uh, he he loved football last year, and he was he was playing quite a bit, you know. And this year, you have Seal Wilson Middle School and Central Middle School come together. And they have like 1,900 kids out for football. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's like tons of kids. And so he's not playing any this year. And I heard him in a conversation telling one of the other boys, uh, man, I, I just I want to quit football. And then come to find out my other son, my 14-year-old came to me and said, yeah, Bryson and Keaton and Christian, they all want to they want, they want quit football. And all three of them played it quite a bit last year. And I go, really? And, and so I kept hearing that, kept hearing that. And so uh, uh, I brought Bryson to, uh, Bryson came over to my house and said, Bryson, come here, I want to talk to you. And my son was there, and I said, come here, Scott, I want you to hear this. Because my son had never really heard this story before, and I'm going to tell you guys, and I don't often like to tell this story because it, uh, it could potentially make me look weak. <laughs> I want you to think I'm awesome, you know. Uh, we'll let God do that. Um, you are going, I don't think you're awesome at all. <laughs> uh, I said, let me tell you a story. My junior year in football at Arkansas State, I was uh, uh, I was second in the country in yards per catch in NCAA, and as a wide receiver. Uh, the next year, the uh, San Francisco 49ers and the Giants and the Redskins and Tampa Bay and some other teams came to came to practice to watch me practice for the next season. I didn't have near as good a year that year. A guy named Fred Barnett came in, and he was a wide receiver also. We shared time together, and he made us a lot stronger because we had uh, more than just me as a, as a threat uh, offensively uh, as wide receivers. And uh, so, uh, but, and I'm telling Bryson this story, and I'm saying, look, I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I'm on top of the world 
And my whole life, all I wanted to do was play in the NFL. And I'd worked toward that. Uh, well, I wanted to uh, meet girls and play in the NFL. And, um, <laughs> and that was my whole life. That's all. I worked out for those two things. I worked out, worked out. And, and I, was, uh, the only, I was talking to somebody the other day about, you know, well, how'd you do this? Or this guy's talking real good about you. I go, look, I wasn't that good. I just outworked everybody. And, uh, you know, Chad's a lot like that. Chad is, you, know, <laughs> you are good. <laughs> Chad, will out, he's, he's good and he'll outwork everybody, you know. But, uh, oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Chad has never had me back. You know? <laughs> I have to have him in my church five times now, to, uh, you know, because uh, I've only been here twice. Um, are we ever going to get through this? And so I'm, g- I'm talking about a- admonition, okay? And I'm, I'm talking to Bryson, and I said, I'm on top of my game. Everything's going great. But we had a 15-game season. Uh, my senior year at Arkansas State because we were the Division One AA, and Division One AA has a uh, playoff system, and so we kept winning and kept winning. We went all the way to the national championship, played in the Diamond Bowl in Tacoma, Washington, uh, and um, got all the way there. and And uh, we ended up losing to Georgia Southern, uh, I, but it was on ESPN. I got to score a touchdown. Things are still really good, but through the through the year, and I'm talking to Bryson about this, I was having to tell him how good things were, and, but through the season, about halfway through the season, we had some old school coaches, and they worked us like dogs. And, um, and I told Bryson, you know, Bryson, I got to the point where me and my buddies are sitting around, and we're in our dorm room, and we're just talking about how we hate football. And, we just, and, and it, was, it went against every part of me. But I would just chime in and say, yeah, this is crazy, man. We're, they're killing us, you know. I, I hate football. And those words came out of my mouth, along with all, you know, our five or six close buddies. We all talked about how we hated it. Well, none of them were going to the next level. I was supposed to be able to go to the next level. Well, I'm talking to my buddies in the dorm room, in the, the, uh, uh, in the locker room. You know, when we're out, you know, doing things we probably weren't supposed to be doing. And, and, and this, this philosophy began to, to fill my mind. I did not know it was affecting me. And when I finally signed a uh, contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I, I went to Tampa, and when I got there, I did not have the same intensity inside of me to make the play or to do the extra rep or to be first in, in, in running the ball. And eventually, and here's where the weak part comes in, okay, eventually I went to the general manager and said, I'm not coming back. Went through minicamp, rookie camp, everything was great. They wanted me on the team. They, they literally... They called me several times after that, please come back, come back to the team. Said, I, I just don't have a heart for it anymore. And at that time, I remember being completely confused, going, what is wrong with me? I do not understand this. And, uh, and I had accepted Christ uh, my, the April of, after uh, football of my junior year, I had accepted Christ. So, man, I had Jesus in my life, and I was, you know, pro, pro scouts were coming to watch us. And... For some reason, I did not want to play football anymore. Well, I left Tampa. I went back up to Jonesboro, Arkansas, and I went to church at a Baptist church in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and the pastor was preaching on the power of your words. And it it changed my life. From that point, he he talked about whatever comes out of your mouth will frame your future. Whatever you're talking about affects you emotionally. And when he was saying that, a light went off in my head and went, oh, my goodness. I have talked myself into not pursuing my dreams. 
And so I left that church. I walked out. I got in my car. I drove eight and a half to nine hours home because I was on my way home that day after church um, back to Orange is where I, I was raised. And I remember on my way home, this is what I said, the whole way home, and I, I was kind of weird. I kind of had a, a, I was able to discipline myself in, in a way that a lot of people, uh, I, I look at them sometimes and say, man, just stop doing that. You know, <laughs> they're looking at me like, it's not that easy. I'm thinking, yes, it is. <laughs> you know, but anyway, it was one of my strengths. And um, I have a lot of weaknesses, by the way, but that was one of my strengths. And so on the way home, I said, I, I just, uh, uh, I said, okay. I love football, I love to work out, I love to catch passes. I love football, I love to work out, I love to catch passes. I love football, and I didn't. I didn't. I hated it <laughs> at the time, but I didn't know why I hated it, but now I'd figured it out. And so, I mean, for eight hours, I mean, I, I, people probably thought I was crazy when in the restaurant, I'm eating my hamburger or whatever on the way home, and I love football, I love to work out, I love to catch passes. You know, and, and so, and literally, and, and I'm talking to Bryson, I'm telling Bryson this story and my son, my son, he'd never heard that I, that I quit. Tampa Bay, you know. Well, about two weeks later, literally two weeks, I woke up and I kind of, wow, I think I, I, I want to go lift weights again. You know, I think I want to start catching passes again. And, and, man, I used to carry a football around with me anywhere, and, and I think everybody should have a football in their car, you know. And uh, that way if you ever get, you know, stopped in a traffic jam, just get out and throw the football around, you know. I think when I'm, when I'm 80 years old, I'm going, hey, come here, I got a football right here. <laughs> <laughs> or actually 110, because when I'm 80, I'm going to be going, you know, climbing the uh, mountains of the Himalayas and taking the gospel to unreached people groups, right? That's what we're all doing, right? Okay. Uh, 80's young, you know, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it is. Uh, I can remember when I used to think 50 was old. I'm 50. I'm 50. Uh, but something changed in me, and I said, Bryson, you've got to change your words. And you've got to just, even if you don't like football right now, don't speak it. Don't say it. And as I'm talking to him, he, he goes, okay. You know, and it changed. And so eventually I went back to Tampa. They accepted me. Uh, they brought me back in. I signed a new contract with them. And I went through the preseason with them, basically, uh, two preseason games, and they released me. But that's another story because I still, uh, it's interesting. And uh, I, I just have to, the, say that God was guiding and directing me at that time, uh, but uh, I, I did what I needed to do, and it, my words greatly affected me, so this is really funny, uh, so I didn't see Bryson for two or three days, I saw him about three days later, and I go, Bryson, uh, hey, how was football today? Man, it was great, I love it, and I looked at him and go, that's funny, Bryson, he goes, I know. <laughs> and so, but I didn't want to investigate it because I didn't want him to have to tell me that he really doesn't like it, you know. Now, I didn't want him to be lying either, but uh, I, I, at the same time, I think, you know, we can muster the emotions that we need to have for certain situations and, you know, talk to God about it and, and, and because it's not about saying things that are untrue. It's about, um, I guess, not saying things that affect you negatively, you know? So, anyway, that is a picture of admonishing, okay? Here's what the word admonish means. It actually means um, to put in one's mind. You, you're going to put a thought in someone's mind, okay, to make them think a certain way. 
to warn or to give urgent advice. You know, I told Bryce, I said, look, you don't have to, your daddy's not going to let you quit football, okay? You're, you're not going to be able to quit this year. So why go through miserable? Why, why have to go to all the practices and all the games and everything and just live miserably? Why don't you have the greatest time of your life in, in whatever situation you're in? You'd be the great, if you're on the sidelines, then you'd be the greatest player on the sidelines that you could possibly be. You know, you'd be the leader and, and, and because there are people watching you. There are young men on that team that don't know you personally, and they need to see the light of Jesus Christ on the inside of you. Now, you go and you have a purpose for being there other than I hate it and I want to quit, okay? That's admonition. That's, that's warning of if you don't, you know what? If you keep on this certain path that you're on, then it is going to be a path of being miserable, be, negative consequences, and you just don't know where it, where it comes. Because here's the deal. He's in the ninth grade. He's one of the smallest players. And in one more year, if he doesn't quit this year, he might be six foot next year, you know? You never know how big he's going to be, what's going to happen. He might be the fastest guy on the team. Just in one simple year of, of growing up, and things could completely be different next year. So anyway, and the same for us. As we, you know, the Bible is telling us as Christians, it is our job to be, uh, you know, that we're full of goodness, knowledge, and admonishing one another, warning urgently, okay? Uh, it also has the, the term... To, uh, to exhort, and I love that term exhort because it's a physical term. Exhorting is, has to do with, uh, with goading. It's, it's like if you have a long staff and you poke your animals, you know, and you're, you're, you're getting the sheep to go a certain direction, you're, you're touching them, you're pushing them, you're sending them a different way. It means to nudge, to press, you're pressing, you're touching. It means to egg on or to, okay, come on, you can do this, you can do this, let's go, you can do this. And look, if you keep going this way, Things are not going to be good. But if you go this direction, you can do this. This is better than you could ever imagine. Think about, I was crying over here a minute ago thinking about where I would have been without Jesus. And now I'm, and, I'm, and then I'm crying because where I am with Jesus. And I'm going, oh my gosh, Lord, thank you so much for my family, for my children. I'm visualizing my beautiful wife I have at home, my three kids. You know, they're praising and worshiping God uh, at Pathway Church, a church that God spoke to me to start, you know, I mean, I would never have imagined. I can remember a guy coming to me going, God's going to do something great with you one day, Kaz. And this was, I wasn't even saved. I go, oh, yeah, you know, he was an equipment manager. I'm thinking, you're, you know, you're not cool. <laughs> that's, a, that's the kind way of saying it, okay? <laughs> you know, now, I don't think that way anymore. I'm just trying to tell you all the way I used to think. You know, you're, you know, just don't talk to me right now because I have other things to think about. But every time he saw me, he would walk to me, God's going to do great things with you, Kaz. I went, Ever. you know you're you're <laughs> not cool <laughs> and so and so uh, so here's the deal here's what is not exhortation okay this is not exhortation i get saved i go home and as soon as I, I was very zealous for the lord you know as soon as i got home i mean i've been saved two weeks i get home i i went with my dad out by the swimming pool at our house in little cypress and i said dad i have to tell you something i gave my life to the lord i gave my life to jesus and if you don't do it you're going to hell Okay, that's not ad admonition. Okay, that's the wrong way of doing things. And it took me literally 12 years from that point to fix that situation, where eventually my father gave his life to the Lord. But it's because of this word admonition. I, it's interesting when I look at it. I go, wow. Okay, 
I'm doing this and didn't know I was doing it. You're probably doing it and didn't know that you were doing it. But uh, ad- admonition needs to be done like beloved sons. In 1 Corinthians 4.14, it says, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I admonish you or warn you. I warn you as a, as a family member. I, I can remember going to my sister's and doing the same thing I did to my dad, and they rejected me. But as I, I, because I just thought, because I'm family, they were going to, oh, okay, good, yeah, that's great, all right, let's, what do I need to do? You know, we have to be even more sensitive with our family, loving, gentle, kind, you know, uh, being like Christ and, and just loving them and, and giving them uh, opportunity to accept Christ but not condemning them if they do not, you know. And so uh, I remember I went to Tampa this was uh, this was the first time that I was at Tampa, and uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I was I had left Arkansas State and I was at home for two weeks. And uh, by the way, last time I was here, y'all know I'm a crybaby, so I cry all the time. So if I cry during the story, you'll know why. But uh, I was home for two weeks, and while I was home, the Lord spoke to me. And uh, I'm sorry, I, I was home for three days. I haven't told this in a long time. I was home for three days. And I was going to Tampa. The Lord spoke to me and said, uh, I want you to tell Randy Richardson about me. He was my best friend in high school. We, uh, every single day for lunch. We would go eat lunch together uh, my senior year in high school. And uh, so I go off to college, come back, going to Tampa. The Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to tell Randy about me. Is that okay? Well, I thought I would see him, you know, and I, I didn't see him. And, uh, but I could have went to his house, and it was short notice, and I thought, oh, okay, I'll have time. So I went to Tampa. Probably about a week later, my mom... funny how things affect you. I mean, gosh, I'm 50 now, and I was 23 then. And uh, it's just interesting. I think the, pre- the presence of God is so strong here. It just affects me more emotionally. But my, my mom called me up and said, uh, Randy was killed in a boat wreck. And um, it was it was the worst boat wreck in Texas history at the time, and uh, there were four or five people that were killed. Another one of our, our uh, classmates were killed. But uh, I think the thing that bothered me the most is that God had spoken to me to go and admonish Randy. He didn't use those terms at the time, but I want to use them for you today. It's part of our job as Christians to to warn urgently, kindly, and gently. And so, because that happened to me, I had at the time we didn't have phones and pagers and all that. I had a little black book. I had all my phone numbers of all my friends in that black book. And uh, I called every one of them and told them about Jesus. Some of them prayed to receive Christ and some didn't. But I didn't want to be someone with blood on my hands, like in Ezekiel chapter 3, where the Bible says that uh, we should be the watchman on the wall and we should warn the wicked and we should admonish the wicked and if we do not, then their blood is on our hands. I love that uh, Paul said 
that there was no blood on his hands because everywhere he went, he, he, he told people about Jesus to warn them of a certain direction so they would be able to, to change. In 1 Thessalonians 5.14, the Bible says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, Warn them that are unruly. The word unruly means deviating from the prescribed order of rule, deviating from God's plan. I hate to use the word rule because this is not legalism. This is relationship. Deviating from God's relationship of love and following a, a, a selfish love of us deciding we can make our own decisions. There was a young man in my house, he's, he's 15 years old, the other day, and this is another picture of admonishing. To put something in one's mind, to warn them kindly and gently. I looked at him and I said, you know, when I was in high school, I was one of the most popular people in school. Not because I was cool and not because of anything else. People just knew my name because I was successful in sports. But not one person ever told me uh, about Jesus. And I sat him down and I said, let me tell you a story. Nobody ever told me that the, the Bible says that when we are born into this world, our destination is hell. I said, did you know that? He goes, uh-uh. I go, yeah, that's what the Bible says. But we get to go to heaven if we just ask and accept what Jesus did for us on the cross, that he shed his blood for us, and that the only substance given to humanity that forgives sins is the blood of Jesus. I love that when you think about it. It's faith, it's belief, it's trusting in Jesus hanging on a cross, his blood dripping from his body as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, takes away imperfection because none of us are perfect, and that blood, as we put our faith in it and believe in it, somehow God views that as perfection in our own life. Sometimes, somehow he views it as righteousness in our own life. And when we do that, something spectacular takes place. A miracle happens. He causes our spirit that's going to live in heaven or hell, he causes that spirit to be born again so that we can go into heaven. I said, have you ever heard that before? He goes, no. I said, you want to do that right now? He goes, yeah, I do. And so, right right there <laughs> where my goofy kids are playing ping pong right behind him, four feet behind him and arguing, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking man, the devil is alive, you know, and they're arguing back there, and I just want to knock them out, you know, <laughs> and I'm trying to win this guy of the Lord, and, and I just, if I had a paintball gun, I would have shot him, you know <laughs> but anyway, Randy prays to receive Christ right there in my house and uh and perfection begins, you know. But that's admonishment, okay? That's admonishing one another. That's, that's a form of it. That's a part of it. And so I just want to encourage you today, if you've never made Jesus number one in your life, if you've never placed your faith in the blood of Jesus, then I'm just going to pray a prayer, and I want you to whisper this prayer softly where you're at. I want you to pray it in your heart. Believe it the best way you know how. And when you do that, God will see perfection in your own life, and you can go to heaven. Father, we love you, God. We give you the glory and the praise.
thank you so much for today, God. Lord, thank you for these people, God, that are just wonderful people here to love you, to trust you, God. And Lord, we believe in the blood of Jesus. We believe, God, in what he did on the cross for us. We believe, Lord, that that Jesus' blood is payment for our sin, for our imperfection, God. Lord, cause us to be born again. Cause us to be saved. Help us to serve you, Lord. And as Jesus is, so am I. So are we in this world and in the life to come. We give you the glory and the praise, God. Amen.